Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Here in Isaiah 12, we have the reason. In verse 1, in that day you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. What day? Well, the day God fulfills his promises. What day? The day that God blesses. What day? The day that God steps in and intervenes in a person's life. What day? The day that Jesus Christ lifts the burden, lifts the sinner. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be We are living in the fulfillment of God's promise. As Pastor Ed looks at the song of praise found in Isaiah 12, he draws our attention to the reason that we celebrate during Advent. The prophesied Messiah has come and carried out God's will. He offered himself as a sacrifice for our atonement. He then rose from the dead, conquering death, and ascended to heaven, sending his spirit to dwell in and amongst his followers. How incredible is our Messiah? Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Song of Praise. If you look at the book of Psalms, the Psalms that lift us into the presence of God, that strengthen us along the journey, many times came through and out of the fiery experiences of people. Isaiah chapter 12. It's a song of praise to God. Verse 1. And you will say in that day, I thank you, God, You were very angry, but your anger wasn't forever. You withdrew your anger and moved in and comforted me. Yes, indeed, God is my salvation. I trust I won't be afraid. God, yes, God is my strength and my song, best of all, my salvation, joyfully, You'll pull up buckets of water from the wells of salvation. And as you do it, you'll say, give thanks to God. Call out his name. Ask him anything. Shout to the nations. Tell them what he has done. Spread the news of his great reputation. Sing praise songs to God. He's done it all. Let the whole earth know what he has done. Raise the roof. Sing your hearts out, Hosian. The greatest lives among you, the holy of Israel. What a song. If you read chapter 7 in Isaiah through chapter 11, you'll note that there are incredible prophetic promises concerning Messiah. Unto us a child is born, a son is given. Incredible promises that the government would be upon this Messiah's shoulders. His name would be called the Wonderful, the Counselor, the Mighty God. But also the backdrop of this 
12th chapter is an uncodly king by the name of Ahaz. Now, he, he just is far, far from God. And the people are being disciplined. He's being disciplined. The whole nation is surrounded by the enemy. And God gives them a prophetic word, a song of praise to sing, to carry with them, to hold on to, that will lift them above and out of their circumstances into his future promises. Oftentimes, in the fiery moments of life when God's refining his people, he brings them to a place where he puts a new song in their hearts. It reminds me of a song that I don't know that most of you would know. Even many have been in the church for many years. Uh, Albert Orbison, Albert Orsborn uh, was a Salvation Army commander. He was in London, England, and he was given the responsibility of taking over the Salvation Army for the southern part of London. It was the largest of all the divisions for the Salvation Army. When he was given that position, shortly after it, they decided to divide that section that he had. And he became angry. He was upset. He felt wronged. And so he harbored anger, resentment in his heart. And soon, his fellowship with God became distant. And he no longer sensed the presence of the Lord in his life like he once did. Now, he happened to be running to catch a bus in London, England. When he was running, he slipped, he fell, and he hurt himself. He had to go to the Salvation Rest Home where he was recuperating and uh, going through whatever therapy they had for him. While he was there, some of his uh, comrades, some of those in the Salvation Army were also there, and they were singing a song of worship. Uh, the song that they happened to be singing that day, part of the stanza was, or stanzas was, nothing from his altar I would keep. To his cross of suffering, I would leap. And his heart became suddenly convicted, overwhelmed, so much so that he began to weep and to cry. Were you ever there where the Holy Spirit pricks your heart and shows you an area of disobedience and suddenly the tears begin to run down your cheeks and you feel... God's hand working deep inside your soul. That's what happened to Osborne. And during that time, God gave him a song. He was a songwriter. And he wrote this song, and you wouldn't know the title of it, but The Day That Tries By Fire. The Day That Tries By Fire. Now he wrote the song, and one of the stanzas goes like this. Savior, if my feet have faltered on the pathway of the cross, if my purpose have altered or my gold been mixed with dross, 
O forbid me not thy service, keep me yet in thy employ. Pass me through a sterner cleansing, if I may but give thee joy. The words sterner cleansing capture the attention of one of the other Salvation Army members. As they heard that song, the man said, wait a minute, could you change that word? I think, and he suggested that you change it to a further cleansing. And Osborne replied, he said, oh no, I've been there. I've gone through it. It's a sterner cleansing. That's what was happening in the nation of Israel. That's what was happening in the southern kingdom. God was refining, he was cleansing, he was searching, he was sifting. And they were going through this time of a sterner cleansing. He was only 17 years old. Robert Robinson had decided he was going to go into a church service where Whitfield was preaching and he was going to create a ruckus. He was gonna disrupt the meeting. He went in, this 17-year-old young man, he heard the message of the gospel, was convicted, went to the altar and received Christ as his personal savior. And then he was so zealous to serve the Lord that at a very young age he became a pastor, a preacher in his early 20s. He wrote a song that most everyone would know. I'm going to read just some of the stanzas from that song. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. When you meet the mercy of God, when you meet the grace of God, when you meet the compassion of God, when God has met you, a song of praise comes from the depth of your heart. Not from here only, not from here only, from down deep. And that's what Isaiah 12 is all about. It's a song, our song of praise. This song of praise, it's rational. There's a reason for it. And here in Isaiah 12, we have the reason. In verse one, in that day you will say, I will praise you, O Lord. What day? Well, the day God fulfills his promises. What day? The day that God blesses. What day? The day that God steps in and intervenes in a person's life. What day? The day that Jesus Christ lifts the burden, lifts the sinner. That day, the day of God's visitation. And those days happen all along the journey from earth to glory, from earth to heaven. All through the journey of the Christian life, there are days where God steps in and he wants to put that song that resonates in your heart and my heart throughout the journey. Don't lose your song. Don't let the enemy steal it, rob it, take it from you. Now, if you remember the reasons to the song, it'll help you. He gave us some reasons right here in scripture, the prophet Isaiah. God has turned from his wrath, from his anger, from his displeasure to comfort, to console. 
Verse 1 again. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Again and again, God had spoken to his people. God is so very gracious. He speaks again and he speaks again and he speaks again. His people are very stubborn, closing their ears, closing their eyes, hardening their hearts. It's that fallen human nature that is a curse to man. But again and again, God turns. But if we don't respond, God's anger is kindled against us. Not, not an anger to destroy us but an anger to discipline us for our own good. And here Isaiah says, God, your anger has turned away. If you're a Christian any time, any amount of years, you know and you've experienced the anger of God. You've crossed the line, you've disobeyed, you, you failed to hear him, you're going this way and God's saying go that way. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a believer, because whoever is his son, his daughter, his child will know the discipline of God. And when God's anger turns, he turns when we repent. He turns when we go towards him. And you know when he turns towards us? You know it. You experience the pardon. You, you just think about our fallen human nature, how foolish we are. If God didn't give you the very breath you are breathing now, you wouldn't be alive. He sustains you and he keeps you going. But you know what we do? We forget that oh, so often. And we want to place our agenda before God's agenda. And so we simply say, God, would you move over? And when we do that, we place ourselves on the throne of the universe and say, God, I'll do it my way. And when we do it our way, we're in rebellion against God. But that's the way our fallen nature is. And God is constantly trying to bring us close to himself for our own good. And then he, he makes and he takes the initiative to reconcile us. We make a mistake. One of the mistakes is sometimes we present the gospel in such a way as to be not theologically sound. I want to be careful how I say this, but we say, try God. Well, I understand you want people to try God. But sometimes we could give the mis- perception that, listen, give God a chance. He's not that bad after all. You know, give him a chance. He's, you know, it's like, okay, God, I'll see how well you do. I'll give you uh, 24 hours, God. We forget that he is absolutely beautiful. He's perfect. He never, ever does anything wrong. Now, in our homes, in our families, sometimes 
you're wrong, sometimes your spouse is wrong, sometimes your children are wrong, sometimes it's a 50-50 deal, you make a mistake, they miss say, sometimes it's 70-30, sometimes 95-5, you know. Uh, so your husband's 5% right, you're 95%, you know. <laughs> no, uh, oh, that's the wrong way. <laughs> But you know what I mean. But with God, he's always 100% right, and we're always 100% wrong. And we need to be reconciled to him. We need to be brought back into right relationship with him because we're out of sorts. Reconciliation is not our willingness to have God but God's willingness to have us. Oh, we gotta hear that again. It's not our willingness to have God, but God's willingness to have us. Whenever he disciplines, it's not arbitrary. Uh, Whenever he disciplines, it's always appropriate and needful and beneficial. And so, God's anger, when it turns to comfort, is when we repent, and you know, you know that you know that you know that God's lifted the burden. You know, suddenly the light shines again. Suddenly the heart is singing again. Suddenly the hope rises again. Suddenly you feel his presence again. When you're pardoned, you you just know it. Supernaturally, there's a transaction that takes place between you and God. And in that transaction, pardon is given and tokens of his favor follow you. Tokens of his grace, his compassion. You just know that you know, oh God, thank you. You see his hand of grace and mercy upon your life. So one of the basic reasons for praising the Lord is when he turns from his anger and he turns to comfort in you and he embraces you in his grace and mercy with his healing love. But then also, too, when you experience him as Savior, God's salvation. That's in the text. Verse 2. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song has become my salvation. When there's that great exchange, our sin for his salvation, what happens when you experience God as your salvation? Notice what the text says. Take a good look at it. It says, I will trust and not be afraid. Life is so uncertain. I don't know how the fiscal cliff is coming, but life is uncertain. We don't know what happens. Uh, Now, we try to make ourselves secure. So we invest in whatever. We invest in our, ourselves, we invest in options, stock options. We invest in all sorts of things, but it's all a house of cards. When God blows on it, it disappears. Just remember Sandy. Life's uncertainties, when you put your trust in any of those things, it's a, 
false sense of security. And the psalmist realizes that their trust shouldn't be in Assyria. Isaiah realizes as he composes his song of praise, don't trust Assyria, don't trust the ways of the world, but trust in the Lord. And then the fear dissipates and disappears. Trust pushes out fear. Notice the text, I will trust, I'll not be afraid. When you trust in the salvation of God, the power of God, the Savior, the fears dissipate. Now, this song was sung before. Uh, Yes, it was different, but Isaiah was inspired by an earlier song. A song when the people of God were delivered from the land of Egypt and they marched through the Red Sea. When they got to the other side, well, listen to some of the words. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider are hurled into the sea. What does the text say here in chapter 15? The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Notice what the text says. The Lord is my strength and my song. When we experience God's mighty deliverance in our life, when he opens a Red Sea, when he defeats the enemy, when he does things, when, when salvation is more than theory, it's an experience, when salvation is more than something we read about, but something that we walk in, there is a song born in our heart. And so where to remember that God, God gives us that incredible song. Someone has said, According to the riches of his grace towards you should be the riches of your praise towards God. That's profound. How good has God been to you? By the look on some of your faces, you forgot. We ought to take that old hymn out, count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Remember what he's done. Remember where he's taking you from. Remember, remember. And just thinking back, keep on putting your trust in his salvation. What often happens is we fail to trust the Lord and we begin to trust so many other things. We look to other people for approval, for friendship, for somehow... uh, a sense of worth. We look to a job, a dream job, a better paying job, a better position. Uh, We look to material things. God says to his people in Jeremiah 2.13, my people have committed two sins. He tells us those sins are to forsake the living God. So we gotta be real careful that we don't forsake the living God. The reason for our praise, the source of our praise, there's reasons. The reasons is God's anger is turned away and now his favor rests on you. His favor. If God's favor rests on you, you have reason to shout. There should be a dance in your step. There should be a smile on your face. There should be a shout in your heart. There should be a hallelujah down deep. His anger turns away. 
If he is the God of your salvation, man, you are blessed. Now there's a source of our praise, a source. It says in verse three, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. The Christmas season is always a busy time of year. The hustle and bustle to get all of the gifts wrapped and ready. The preparation of the meal where the family gathers to celebrate. It's easy to lose sight of what's most important in this season. We're sharing this special four-part series on the Advent season with hopes that Jesus truly will be the reason for the season. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith, subscribe to the Building in Faith podcast. By subscribing, you'll always be up to date with the latest messages. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say Merry Christmas. Your word.